Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Rachel Young, true crime goddess, Jessica Butcher, queen of fantasy. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. I'm going to be Daphne this year. I didn't even plan a Halloween costume this year because I was so sad. So I'll just wear what I already have. Is Garrett going to be Fred? I don't think he's going to dress up this year. He would make a good Fred. You should make him be Fred. Yeah, get him, get him, 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 get him a Trump hat. wig. <laughs> get him an ascot and like, you know, the, the blue polyester pants and the white shirt. Halloween is interesting this year. I am putting together these little bags for my trick-or-treaters because usually I give them more than one because you get the little bitty candy bars or whatnot. You don't want to just give them one. So I was like, well, if I'm going to do that, then I got to put something else in there. So I got those little bracelets right there. They're zippers. They're a zipper. That's like a bracelet. Oh, I saw the funniest thing on TikTok this week. These kind of remind me of like 90s, like with the cool colors. And there's a thing on TikTok, all the like people my age and older because somebody made like a viral video of somebody skateboarding and drinking like ocean spray to Fleetwood Mac. So now all the like the Gen Zers are like Fleetwood Mac. They're awesome. And <laughs> I know they caught on quickly, clearly. And somebody, some, one of the girls, some, I don't know who she is on TikTok. She must be somebody important, but she was like, Oh my God, you guys, they make flared leggings. And everyone's like, they're called yoga pants. You dumbasses." <laughs> Flared leggings. Yeah, they're calling them flare. They're like, so this week, Gen Z has discovered Fleetwood Mac. And and flared flared leggings. leggings. Like, welcome to the party, asshole. (laughs) I have two of my brothers that are growing mullets right now. It's Mm -hmm. painful to watch. Mm -hmm. Tell them to stop. Just Mm -hmm. just tell them Mm -hmm. it's not a good look. It wasn't in the 80s, and it's not now. Only yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus can have a mullet. Don't say that name in it. It was like, ladies, get out the Aquanet if the mullet's back. And I was like, yes. Fair. Hey, I still use Aquanet, so fuck right off. <laughs> last, time, last time I used like Aquanet, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. Well, you know, They took the, all the carcinogens out of that's it. That's right. Well, the reason that I use it is because it's one of the only... It was the only one that I can find that doesn't smell. They all say unscented, but they're not fucking unscented. Yeah, Aquanet just smells like alcohol. Yeah, I like that. I like smelling like booze. Basically, it's sanitizer and hairspray. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like sticky sanit- hand sanitizer. I used to get the, the white can with the pink stripes. Oh, see, mine's purple. And that was like the ultra, as strong as the hold as you could get because I had the mall hair. I was going to say. I had mall hair. I, I was holding hair. my paint chips up I here. I like the because left one. First, this is yes, the one I think I'm I going with. Because no when I said my can is purple, I'm like, holy shit. I Aquanet hope I didn't purple. Pick, pick Aquanet purple for my wall. <laughs> I do like that top left yeah. one. Yeah. I think that'd be a good color. Yeah. It's kind of periwinkle. You were right. <laughs> we need to hear the story behind your phobia. My phobia? Yeah. I am terrified of cults. Of what? Cults? Cults. Like <laughs> a cult following? Like, oh, cults. Cults. I thought you were talking like about Jones little Town. horses. And I'm like, what the fuck, Jessica? <laughs> You're afraid no, of baby like horses? Jim Jones and Charles Manson. Uh-huh. Like Just because. Scientology. You know, cults. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things that. It really freaks me out how certain types of people can 
really easily manipulate others under following whatever they do. Like, like Nazi Germany. I'm going to throw that out there. Like kind of that thing uh-huh, where it's uh-huh. like, you're so bought into following your leader that you're doing things that are atrocious. Uh-huh. The fear because of <laughs> other people like that are able to be manipulated or are you like deep down afraid that like you could find <gasps> yourself manipulated into yeah. joining a cult unwittingly? What's um, up with that, Jess? I'm not sure, honestly. I guess both being uh, stuck in something that you don't necessarily like love. Uh, that, you know? And if you're born into it, you don't know anything kind of different. And if you hate it, like you're kind of stuck because you're like already in it. It's like, terrifying you- that people will blindly follow and do the, those horrific things, like you said, Nazi Germany, and do things really? without even thinking about the consequences or how much of a terrible act it is because they're doing it just to please one person. Like what was the name of that cult in Japan where they um, attacked the subway system with ricin? Om um, Shinrikyo. She knows her fucking cults, Jessica. <laughs> I do. I've listened to podcasts about um, Jonestown, Heaven's Gate, Children of God, Om Shinrikyo, and there's one other one. I can't remember. How about the David Koresh? Rajneesh Purim. How about Nexium? I'm watching that. It's not watching anything. See, I'm. Oh, next HBO Max and Nexium yeah. right now. Yeah, I haven't mm. seen that one, but that's it's- some scary shit right there. Being controlled by somebody else, especially if you, like you said, you don't have any control. So my dad's brother, my uncle, who uh, is a complete trash bag. I mean, he's probably one of the most narcissistic people ever. My mom told me because she met my dad when he and my uncle were both um, in college. They went to the same college. My uncle, when he was in college, tried to start a cult. No oh my gosh. Way. Yes. Seriously. Yes. Like, what was his cult theme? <laughs> You know, I I have to ask my mom more about it, but I think, honestly, I think him, I think he was the theme. He was thinking people would follow him around and, and let him tell him what to do and yeah. he could have t- oh 20 God. wives and shit. He wanted to be the dude at, at, in Waco. What was yeah, David, David, David Koresh. Koresh. Yeah, yeah David, David Koresh, Koresh, sorry. And the Branch Davidians. Yeah, it wasn't like religious based. I think it, he just wanted. I'll ask my mom and my dad more about it and give you more info. But I do <laughs> when they were he was in college, he tried to start a cult. It didn't work, thankfully. But it didn't shock me when I learned that information. You know, I that's think that's sad. probably <laughs> the most unique uh, story I have ever. heard. I have never heard about anyone else who has ever tried to start a cult. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's crazy. So what book did you read, Jessica? The Year of the Witching by Alexis Henderson. And it um, kind of freaked me the fuck out, but it was really good. (laughs) (laughs) I love that reaction because that is a true, that's when it falls into the, you know, the true horror, teetering on phobia. Uh, there were a lot of, th- so like the cult thing was like the big thing that freaked me out about this book. Also, I'm terrified of being burned alive when there are a lot of pyres. There's a lot of pyres in here! Third, there is so much blood spilled throughout this book that I'm just like, what? Menstrual bleeding to like sacrifice bleeding to like gutting things. I don't, there's just a lot of blood. I was just like, okay, there's a lot of blood going on. <laughs> so okay. was it set in modern time or when, like what era are we, were we set in? I'm not 100% sure. So it's definitely a fantasy because there's witchcraft and stuff like that. But it 
I don't know the they don't have like cars, but they have rifles and stuff. Hmm. And I got like I'm not a hundred percent sure because I wasn't like it doesn't give you like a year, really. Like it's the year of the witching. Um, That's a bit disorienting, then, which it makes a lot of sense to do that in a storyline if you're writing about something like that. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, yeah. So I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's like an Earth thing or if it's like an alternate Earth. And I hadn't really thought about it. I just kind of rolled with it. <laughs> and it's like a horse and carriage, and the main character is a shepherdess. At, like that's her thing um, and it's Bethel and it's like this town within the gates and they have the prophet who's the David Crush of this story I'm gonna go actually maybe he's more like the Jim Jones of this story it's surrounded by these woods and then they have gates that keep them from the heathen cities and then like the ruins I'm not 100% sure if it's like actual bad cities or if it's just people who don't believe the same way they label as heathens anyway so the main character his name is Emmanuel, and she, her mom was supposed to be one of the prophet's new brides, but she was in love with another man and uh, had slept with another man. So the prophet burned the other man alive Ooh. and then married her anyways. Well, she, and then she was pregnant. So she ran away into the woods that surround Bethel, which is where the witches are. Um, and because she was so, I mean, she took, they took the man that she loved and then, you know, made her marry him because uh, that's just how it works in this society. And um, so she runs into the woods and she makes a deal with these witches and she lives with the witches through like most of her pregnancy. And then she comes out and has Emmanuel and she dies. And so Emmanuel is 17 and her first blood comes and with it comes the first of the plagues. So that's it's, unfortunate timing. It's because you know it's uh, it's witchcraft and or is it connected yeah so right before that she'd gotten lost one of her she's a shepherdess and one of her sheeps had gotten lost in the woods and you don't go into the dark wood like that's the unspoken rule people don't come out but her family's really down on their luck because of her mom her grandfather then fell out of good standing with the church and so they are kind of like struggling to survive and so she decides she's going to go after the sheep and she finds two of the witches in the wood and they give her her mother's journal. And so that happens and uh, the witches start casting down these plagues on town because of the prophet, because the prophet sucks. And this town is just a straight up cult. Like when women get married to the prophet and he has like 13 wives, they get cut on their brow like a star cut on their brow to symbolize that they're his Oof. which also that sounds me a little out. manson-esque doesn't it it does a little bit it was creepy Oof. but um so emmanuel sees like the plague start and she is, knows that her mother wrote these words over on the last part of her journal blood darkness slaughter and those are like the plagues and so she thinks that by going into the woods she caused the plague so she's trying to figure out how to stop them and um She's becomes really good friends with the prophet's son, who will be the guy who takes over for him. And the other thing is the prophet has the gift of sight. Um, and they actually do. That's the weird thing about this. Cause like in a typical cult, they would have the gift of sight, but they right. actually do have like the magical gift of sight. And so whenever Ezra starts having visions, who's the prophet's son, that means like the prophet will die soon. 
But so it's a lot of Emmanuel and Ezra trying to save this town when the prophet is kind of trying to save himself. Mm. And so it's all about her journey and um, trying to save all these people because they, when stuff like this happens, a curse can only come from the lips of a woman. And um, they look through the census and find the censuses that have the witch mark next to them and they burn people alive because <laughs> they really like doing that but Ugh. it's um it's very interesting uh the plagues are terrifying there are four witches that are like the witches of the wood who are supposed to be dead um that are like part of their myth with the prophets like the first prophets casting them out or whatever and they're terrifying they're straight up horrifying like I would not. They're not like Glinda the Good Witch, <laughs> or even like Focus. They're like, yeah, they're terrifying. But I, so I'm not sure what's what was worse. Like I wasn't sure if I was more afraid of the scary witches who are make turning all the water into blood, or if I was more afraid of the prophet who's gonna kill people for no reason. You know, that's uh, a toss up. The main character is a very, uh, she's very strong. I loved that about her. Like no matter what happened she just kept trying to save everybody even though they were the ones that kind of casted her out the other weird thing about her is her mother is from like bethel proper and her father was from the outskirts and they look different so she's like mixed Mm. and so she never really quite fits but she still does like everything she can to save as many innocent people as she can. And I loved her. And I decided I was more afraid of the cult town than I was of the witches. I'm like, you know what? Just throw your lot in. <laughs> but it was very, very good. I guess it, it's horror. It's like labeled as horror, but I, it's like a fantasy horror because there is a lot of magic and things like that that I really enjoyed. It wasn't like a true slasher. It, the shining kind of horror, but it was good. And I really liked it. I'd probably give it five stars as far as like Halloween books go. Dang. Because it freaked me out. <laughs> it sounds a little freaky. It does. What was it called again? The Year of the Witching by Alexis Henderson. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. I'll, I'll give you that. Oh, a little bit of witchcraft and cult and they clash. <laughs> mm. It's a mashup of cult and witchcraft. Uh, it's a, I can't even put those two words into a mashup right now off the top of my head. I was trying really hard. Couldn't make it work. A wilk? A wilk? Wilt? <laughs> it's a wilt 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 yeah wilt i was trying to make it work and my brain didn't get there fast (laughs) enough cult craft cult craft i like that cult craft yep that sounds better yeah it does you know i was just looking at my book that i'm going to review and they have this down as a historical fiction as one of the descriptions and there's nothing about history in this book i don't know what the (laughs) hell they're talking about historical fiction anyways that's just a little random information why don't you just tell us what it means nothing and this review is going to sound more like a jessica or a martha review because this is almost a fantasy book you read a fantasy book? I know. How Holy odd shit. is that? That is really and strange. And when I was reading this, I was going, whoa, this is going to sound like a Jessica review when I talk about this book. <laughs> <laughs> so the name of my book is Alice by Christina Henry. And if you can guess from the name, it's a spin on a fairy tale, which I love those. That's the only wit- reason that I read a, fi- a fantasy book. 
And what it is, is it is 10 years later and Alice is in a mental hospital. This is where it starts out. And she is in a cinder block cell with no one around. And the only person that she can talk to is the person in the next cell named Hatcher who was there because he killed a bunch of people with a hatch. Hatchet? With a hatchet. hatchet. That's what they call oh him. Hatcher. Hatcher. <laughs> with a hatchet. Dang, yum. This sounds dark. This so, does sound like me, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it's so This whole, sounds fun. So <laughs> dark. Jessica and I are like, woo! so dark and disturbing no you don't even know anything about this yet so (laughs) i'm sure she's about to tell us more though um so the only way that they can talk is through this tiny mouse hole that's in between the cells so they've never actually seen each other like in person well a fire breaks out in the mental hospital and hatcher escapes from his cell by attacking one of the workers because they're not letting them out of the cell. It's on fire, and they're not letting anyone go. So they just titanic that right up, and we're like, no, we're going to leave you here. Right. Yeah. And so he gets out, and he gets Alice out, and they flee the hospital. And Hatcher goes to a relative's house in something called the Old City. It never tells you what city it is or anything, but there's a new city and an old city. And the old city is bad. So they go through the old city, through the alleyways and everything else. And Alice is almost attacked and Hatcher has to save her and blah, 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 so on and so forth. So it just tells you how dark this city is. And they make it to the, I don't know. I don't remember if it's like the grandma or mom or it's somebody. And, you know, she's like talking to Alice and Alice doesn't remember why she's in a mental hospital. All she knows is that 10 years before that, she's found in uh, the woods or, or something. It's basically when she comes out of the rabbit hole and she's covered in blood. And not all of it is her blood. Oh, shit. And But they don't know why. And she never recovers from it. Why are you laughing at that? That's funny to you? Because <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm sick. I'm picturing her coming out with like the rabbit and like, uh, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> Only I'm on this podcast. Only on this podcast. The rabbit comes into it. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> the grandma is talking about, I'm pretty sure it was the grandma, is talking about how the Jabberwocky was also in the mental hospital and now because of the fire the Jabberwocky is free so the only way to kill the Jabberwocky is by this specific special knife that they have to find but the person who has the knife called the walrus who is also like a mob boss and a carnivore oh my god how did you get through this book without it pissing you off? That's what I want. <laughs> I'm just looking really at the good. cover being a little bit disturbed. Really just, good question. It, it just, it, it went into everything really slowly. It's not like it like jumped right into this story. And because I know the story of Alice in Wonderland, you know, I know all of the characters so I could connect to the characters. So then they have to go through this old city to try to figure out how to kill the Jabberwocky and where this knife is and everything else. 
And all the while, Alice is slowly getting back her memories of what happened to get her to the point of being outside the rabbit hole covered in blood. This whole tale is like extremely dark and very perverted. There's sex trafficking. There's cannibalism. There's, what do you call it? Like when you scar your body on purpose? Scarification? Mutilation. Yeah, There's mutilation. There's mutilation of young They're girls dang. for the pleasure of other men. <gasps> Ew! Jesus. And Damn. caging and just, it's a, it's a horrific world. This whole world is horrific. And um, you find out later that Hatcher actually knows who the walrus is. And in this old city, it's almost like there's... The Jabberwock? Now I'm confused. The walrus. The walrus is one of the bad guys. Oh, okay. And he's a carnivore. The Jabberwocky, they're trying to find the knife to kill the Jabberwocky. The Jabberwocky kind of goes back out of the story. Oh, okay. It's not not the main focus in the story. It's what set them on their journey. Gotcha. But it's not where the journey ended. Isn't the Jabberwocky a Star Wars thing? No, no, he's no. in Alice Jabba in Wonderland. Jabberwocky is is in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, he's not in like the <laughs> Disney version of it. But if you watch the one with Johnny Depp, the yeah. Jabberwocky, and in the Johnny Depp version, she's actually trying to kill the Jabberwocky yes. with the sword. Yes. But she has to find the yeah. sword. So it's a moral play on that version of of Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. And oh, in this, it's Jawas. Jawas are in Star Wars. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. And, I was very confused. <laughs> <laughs> and in this old city, you find out that there's territories and there's like almost like mob bosses in each one of the territories of the city. And they don't the they don't go into each other's territories. But each one of these mob bosses are magical, except for the walrus. And he's trying to find a magical being that he can consume so that he can try to get their magic. Hmm, interesting. And the rabbit is one of the ones who is, he's one of the mob bosses. And the other mob bosses are trying to capture Alice to give her back to the white rabbit. Oh, so she's like escaped from the white rabbit. So she's escaped. So you find out she's escaped from the white rabbit. And everybody's afraid of the white rabbit. Apparently the white rabbit is very powerful in this world. I mean, good on him. That's why he was always mad he was late, because he was in charge of so much shit. You say good on him, but he's a horrible person. (laughs) He's He's not a a person, he's he's a a rabbit. He's a horrible rabbit. He's a bad rabbit. He's a bad rabbit. Because... I, it was <laughs> this this book was I, I'm reading this book and it was good I kept reading it but also at the same same time I was going holy fuck that's, oh my god that's why this is horror month I just can't even there's so many trigger warnings in this book I can't even tell you are you getting it yeah I downloaded it yeah I was like yeah. Jessica hit download 10 minutes ago there is like <laughs> it's like it's I going said, on my uh, violence list. rape sex trafficking that's not why i'm getting it i'm getting it because cannibalism. Yeah, that's why i think it's cannibalism <laughs> i was googling because i wanted to see if the cover was terrifying and i think it's i think this author has a lot of twisted fairy tale type well this is part of a series yes. and i checked out the other book but at the same time i'm like okay i'm on hold on it but i don't know if i want to <laughs> go back there because good lord and 
not all of the characters from Alice in Wonderland are in there. The uh, the walrus, obviously. Do you remember the walrus? That's one of my favorite the, characters. The walrus is in the Disney part for sure, but I don't know if the walrus was in in the Johnny Depp version I, or I should say the Tim Burton version the Tim Burton yeah the I, Tim Burton I don't version. remember I don't think the walrus was in I don't that think one. I ever saw the second Tim Burton one but oh, I don't I think he see. was in the I don't I'm think thinking it was in about, the first one. I'm thinking about the, Cat- the book where it was in where He's sitting on the beach with the oyster, talking to the oyster, and then he eats them. Well, that's kind of like the yeah. play on the cannibalism yeah. because he he. I always lures, loved that poem as a kid. Now he you know. Lures the like as a kid the oysters and then eats them. Yep. The carpenter is yep. in there. Yep. Um, the caterpillar is one of the mob bosses. As he should I be. I had to reread the original in Wonderland. I think because it's been a long has it well that's one of those ones that i've watched so much when i was a kid and of course i watched the johnny depp version or the tim burton version Same i keep difference. saying johnny depp everyone knows what you're talking about <laughs> yeah. you know a few times so i'm very familiar with the story mm-hmm. so yeah i was... read alice in wonderland not that long ago and was kind of like not in love with it no but i would read a twisted version of it in a heartbeat Oh, it was so twisted. I'm telling you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I had a lot of blood and guts. That's why I said when I looked in this, it doesn't even say that this is a horror book. It says it's a historical fiction uh, and fantasy. I I would not consider that historical fiction. I think someone typoed. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I wonder if it's just for, that's just the only, because it's like an Alice in Wonderland thing. Does that make it a historical? Yeah, but, well, no, that's because that's like. not real history. Historical fiction well, yeah. is usually based on true events like, that true happens. Event, yeah. You know, it's a, yeah. sometimes loosely based on true events, but it's usually based on something that has happened in the past. None of this has ever happened in the past, or if it ever did, holy shit. It was very covered up because this this would have been in the news <laughs> somewhere. God, we hope so. And I don't think that we've ever had talking animals. Hey, we don't know that. I mean, I don't think that we've ever had rabbits and caterpillars that have ever sex trafficked. True. Probably not. Not likely. Teenagers. I mean, none of the sex trafficking was like small children. I will have to say at least that wasn't in there. They had standards. There was no pedophilia in there. (laughs) That's the only thing that wasn't in there, I think. Adults? Well, they were like like teenagers, so I, I don't know where. I guess there's a lines you could, I guess, call it that. But like, yeah, because if they're under eighteen, it's pedophilia. It doesn't really say their age, but there's they say that they're girls, but they're not like little girls. So mm-hmm. in my mind, they were like teenagers, like or very young adults, because they're small. They're very small people. I've already put it on my, my wish list because you know. Oh, it was so. Dumb. You'll have to tell me what you think about it because. Oh, you know I. I will. thought the writing was like really good. I it's dark and twisted, but if it was a good <laughs> book. And that again was called Alice by Christina Henry. All right, I think Rachel's up. Oh my God! Before you start, I have to tell you, I saw a meme the other day that made me think of you, 
It was a dad yelling into his daughter's room. What are you doing in there? It sounds like you're making out with somebody. If you have a boy in there, you're grounded. And then it shows a picture of the girl and she's eating ramen noodles. (laughs) (laughs) Except for she's got this look on her face like mid mid bite, you know, like like, mid suck. Oh man! So now ramen noodles is uh, code the new for macaroni and cheese code, code for blowjob. <laughs> Just eating ramen noodles. That's all. I can't even walk down the mac and cheese aisle with a straight face anymore. <laughs> now you've just ruined ramen. Lord, mac and cheese in front of my parents ever again. <laughs> All right, Rachel, what do you got? This book comes with much controversy and it was, I'm not going to say recommended by one of the tribe members. She talked about it on the call and talked about how disturbing it was. And so I kind of jumped on board. She wasn't wrong. So I read a book called Tampa, as in Tampa, Florida, and it's by Alyssa Nutting. And wow, to say that there are trigger warnings would um, be an understatement. So basically this book is our main character. Her name is Celeste and Celeste is a mid 20 something eighth grade English teacher. What we find out very quickly about Celeste is that she has a certain, shall we say, obsession for 14 year old boys. <gasps> so being that Celeste is a junior high teacher, eighth grade, that opens her up to a very, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Jessica's she hiding. Has a, she has a plethora her. of choices. There is a large population for Celeste to choose, but I will Ew. say. <laughs> <laughs> The book is extremely explicit. He discusses what she likes about these boys. Uh, she discusses her fantasies. She discusses her behaviors with things. And she is married as well. Her husband comes from money, but is a detective who chooses to work. She is basically revolted by men because of her attraction to young boys. Basically, she describes very early on in the book that if once they start hitting puberty, they are no longer attractive to her. (gasps) (laughs) Jessica's crawled under her blanket for those who can't see her. Holy crap. So this really follows um, her at the very beginning. It's the night before she's going to start her first full-time teaching job. So that's sort of where the story opens up right out of the gate. It's disturbing from moment one. uh, And it never stops. It is cringeworthy the whole way through. It's horrifying in its own way. And you are not ever going to like this person ever, ever. I will say it was written well, be it very, very disturbing. I'm not sure if the author was pulling maybe from 
some of the public cases that have, you know, come up. The the name that sprung to mind for me was Mary Kay Letourneau. Mm-hmm. I couldn't come up with the name, but yes. Yeah. Now, obviously, we didn't, weren't inside her head. We don't know any of those things. This book is set totally in Celeste's mind. So that's where we are this whole time. Um, it's a shit show, basically. <laughs> don't mince your words, yeah. Rachel. Yeah. You think? Yeah. <laughs> It's hard to read. It's, I don't understand it, obviously. But I will say, one of the things I think it does at least open your eyes to a little bit is the fact that not men are not the only sexual predators that are out there. Um, so for as difficult and disturbing as this book is, I think at the very least it it can open that conversation because I think a lot of times when people talk to their kids about, you know, appropriate behavior of adult and good touch, bad touch, however you address that with your kids, it's important to remember that we're talking to them about both men and women. And this book is fiction. I will say that right off. It's listed as a fiction book. Um, And I gave it three stars, not because I necessarily like the content, but it it was well written, and I think it at least can start a conversation about you know who who to be mindful of, and you know, and it also raises the question of age of consent, and so it does make you sort of look at that from my perspective. She is a pedophile and a child abuser. That's my stance on it. These boys are fourteen years old. Um, I won't talk about how many boys she discusses in this book, but there is an actual storyline that follows this. I also hated the ending. Hated it. Hated it because you wanted it to be different or hated it because it like fit the character, but it was just like she reached a point of like no, like literally cannot be redeemed. I hated it because I feel like the ending was probably more real life Mm -hmm. and maybe shows the injustice when a perpetrator is female or has money, things like that. Gotcha. Probably more real life than anything else. So that's why I really hated it. There is no redeeming quality in this book. I will tell you that. So don't go into it looking for a redemption or anything, but it's worth a read and it's not a very long read. Now, how do you spell her name real quick? So her first name is spelled strange as well. Her first name, it's Alyssa. It's A-L-I-S-S-A. And her last name is Nutting, N-U-T-T-I-N-G. Books like that scare the crap out of me, I think because I'm a parent of a son. Yeah. Even the cover of the book is disturbing, if you can find it, but I'll show you guys. Why? It's a buttonhole? Is it a button? No, it's a clitoris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a shirt. It's a, a light pink shirt, a buttonhole. It looks but... like a clitoris. Yeah. Looks like a vagina. A vagina. hmm Yeah. So... I've never read anything by this author. I honestly don't know that I would read anything by her Well, again. that's the reason I asked you about the spelling, uh-huh. because I have read a book by this author, and we have made fun of it over the years because it's the dolphin sex book. <gasps> really? Yep. <laughs> the one about the sex dolls and oh. the woman who, or the guy who's in love with who is obsessed with having sex with dolphins. So what you're saying is I'm not tagging this author in this week's post. Well, I mean, you liked her writing. She's, I liked her writing. Okay. So I mean, it was disturbing. Of course it was disturbing. And, but 
I think sometimes it's important to read things that are disturbing. And, and you're right, Rachel. We don't talk about our, we don't talk to our boys about female oh, sexual predators. It never crossed my mind. I did. I I'm, definitely I, I don't did. have thoughts like that. It doesn't, it didn't even occur to me Mm-mm. that I would need to tell him about women being abusers. Yeah. Uh, and so pre- this book came out in 2013. Um, I, I never, ever heard of it. But some of our book tribe members have also left reviews and um, they're they're pretty they're good reviews. I'm glad that this got brought up. I never would have probably stumbled upon this book otherwise. And as as one person wrote, it definitely is high on the ick factor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, at the very least, it does. It makes you think about certain things about the way that society looks at who is a sexual predator age of consent you know different things like that and also the fact that to be really mindful and to remember that we are advocates especially as our kiddos enter puberty because essentially they are adult human beings in an adult body with the mind of a child and you know it I think it, that's one thing that really stuck out to me was just that reminder of how much of an advocate, whether I'm a parent, an aunt, a, a therapist, a, a babysitter, whatever it is, that we have to remember that although somebody physically may be an adult, emotionally, where are they at? So for that reason, I gave it three stars and it was well written and well thought out, I thought. so. And again, that was Tampa by Alyssa Nutting. Ew. <laughs> Where do we go from here? <laughs> Jesus. I feel like that's a ballsy move for an author, though. To like write that many character be someone you hate. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, truthfully, it would be harder to write about somebody that she knows that the reader is going to hate than somebody that she is trying to get the readers to you know connect with to care about yeah and to care about as an as an as a writer that'd be a fantastic challenge it would be hard chuck polinick is really good at writing horrible horrible people yeah Mm -hmm. yes (sighs) well i'll bring it up a little bit (laughs) thank god thank god that's a that's kind of hard to follow, Megan. I know, God. I'm glad I went second. I know. I don't. <laughs> this is well, and then I foobarred because of the scheduling and thought I was reviewing a different book. So then I had to dig deep in the recesses of. Sorry Goodreads. about that. No, I, it, I didn't think about it either. It's kind of horror-ish. Let's be honest. I don't read horror. I read YA. So this is also a fairy tale retelling. And it is As Old As Time by Liz Braswell. Beauty and the Beast. Yes. It's Beauty and the Beast. And it is a twisted Beauty and the Beast. So the, and this is in the book description, so it's not really giving spoilers because we all know like, right, the beast gets cursed because he's kind of like a snotty teenage prince and he's the the beggar woman comes and he he's like get out of my face and he cur- she curses him to be the beast and has the flower and so on and so forth the story we all know well this book takes you on a little bit of a different tale of who the enchantress is so the idea of this book is that Belle's mother was the one who cursed the beast oh, oh shit yeah and it 
kind of goes back and forth in the timeline. So you'll be with Belle and then you'll be back in the past when she's a baby and then you'll be back in the present. And so it's kind of going back and forth. And what we learned from the past is that people who are magic of any kind or creatures of any kind are slowly disappearing from the town that the castle would be responsible for. And it's just kind of really sudden. Like they'll go looking for somebody and they'll be like, where the hell they go? So as you're reading, it's going, Belle is with the beast and you're getting, you're getting all the usual characters of the clock and the candlestick. And then it'll go back in time and it'll be, her mom is like looking for her friend because her friend is the midwife and Belle's about to be born and they can't find the friend and she just disappeared. So people just keep disappearing. And finally, Belle's parents, Belle's been born, they move out to the country because they're like, we need to get out of town because she's like the most powerful enchantress. Like Mm -hmm. she is the enchantress of the area. And they're like, we need to get the hell out of Dodge because we don't know what's going on. And so they go out and there's just a lot of back and forth in the timeline of piecing together what happened to Belle's mom and what happened to uh, the other magical people in the town and the ending, I can't even begin to get, I don't want to give anything away because it's really twisted and really kind of cool. Um, the ending was a little scary because you kind of step back and be like, Oh, like that went dark. And I'm not sure how it got like to that point that where people hadn't realized what was happening. Like it kind of makes you wonder like, how did the people in the town not connect the dots? Like they turned a blind eye to it for so long. And it was just a really fun read because you're also trying to put together, okay, so we know who Belle's mom is. We know she's the one that cursed the beast, but how do all the pieces then come together at the end? And how Mm. does it, what's the resolution that comes from knowing Belle's mom was the one that put the curse on the castle to begin with? Because obviously Belle doesn't know and Belle doesn't really remember her mom. Mm-hmm. And you don't really hear a lot about a lot of discussion about her mom. And there's a reason you don't hear a lot of discussion about her mom. And it's just, it was interesting and different and really fun. And I read it and I will, there's a whole lot more in the series. They all cover different Disney fairy tales. I think they're actually called the Twisted Fairy Tales or Twisted Tales. And there are many different ones that I, I would read the rest of them. Like I have several of them on my shelf because they were just, it was fun and like a comfort read that you kind of knew the story, but there was still that twist and that shock at the end that you're like, oh, damn, that's cool. Like, I would never have thought to rewrite that story in that kind of way. So it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Not super horror, but it was definitely gives hey, you some creepy. Hey, it's better than a Christmas book, Megan. You're getting you're, you're getting some good <laughs> points closer. for this. Yeah. If you're in the right holiday. I'm in so the right good. holiday. <laughs> uh, next week, I promise it'll be even a little more spooky, I guess. Um, and that was As Old As Time by Liz Braswell. They have a Little Mermaid one. Yes. Yes. They have Little Mermaid. There's... Uh, all you Disney bitches about to get scared. Yes. And there's two different <laughs> authors that do the Twisted Tales like collection, but I like the Liz Braswell ones better. Awesome. I haven't read the other ones as much, but... The one about the ugly stepsister by uh, Gregory Maguire is pretty good. Yeah. That's, and it's that's... not as twisted as some of his other no, books. Yeah. No, it's it's actually more like a historical fiction. Yeah. I really yeah, liked I it. Those. That was my favorite of the group. Because it's like set in Holland and it's yes. like, it's like true. It's like a real world. It's yes, not, yeah. it's not like Wicked where there's no maps. <laughs> so Rachel, we're good there. 
Yes, thank you. <laughs> you got to have a good map. Mm. Yeah, no, Gregor, well, I love Gregor McGuire. He too. just makes my brain hurt. His, I have all of his, um, most of his books on my bookshelf. Yes. Firsts, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, I guess it's my turn. It is your turn. And we are going to a very, very strange place. Of course we are. Well, yeah, it's yours. Yes. <sighs> your world is strange. Yes, it is. And this book that I chose this week is no exception. It's called The Hollow Places by T. Kingfisher. And I read a, a different book by this author prior to this. And my biggest issue with it, I liked the main character so much and I liked her snarky voice so much that I actually rated it higher, even though I didn't really like the story that much, because she sounds just like me. <laughs> <laughs> and the second, this second book, even though it's a different character, it's the same style. And I just love it. It's not, the only thing that's hard about it is if you like the scary type books, it makes it less scary because of her attitude. Because she's talking to herself all the time in her head going, well, this is, you know, whatever, like me, like I would be if I were telling the story. It starts out and she's getting the main character. I can't think of what her name is right off the top of my head. But anyway, she she's getting a divorce. And because of the divorce, she is sort of looking for a place to live. And she doesn't want to go home to her mother because she and her mother really don't get along very well. So she moves in with her uncle who has this museum and museum already has me scared well it's not a museum per se i'm trying to look to see if i can find the name of it here real quick i'm looking for the name of this museum because it's like a weird like museum of impossible things or some crazy shit like that this is like the kind of museum that your crazy uncle would put together. It's mostly taxidermy. It's just all kinds of just bizarre, weird shit. Strange stuff that people mail to him, you know, and he puts... She grew up around this stuff. So she has, for example, there's a, there's a stuffed elk head in one of the rooms that she sort of fondly remembers from childhood she calls it prince even though it's not a deer like the story that she had loved when she was a kid she named it prince anyway so all of these things are normalized for her and comfortable that's the reason i'm bringing it up so when she moves in as an adult she's very comfortable and familiar with the place now her uncle he has terrible knees. So she's helping him catalog everything and she's making a list and she's trying to be useful mainly because she's so pissed off about the divorce and the ex-husband and all this other stuff. So as she goes through and is cataloging things, she's making notes of different items. There's a big stuffed otter. It's like the world's largest otter or something like that. And then there's this other thing. It's like a carving of an otter. Well, she keeps... Every time she walks into this one particular room, the otter is, has fallen off the wherever she puts it. It keeps falling off. So she, she doesn't really think anything of it. She just keeps putting it back, you know? And like other little weird stuff happens. Is it the ghost of the big otter? Around the museum. <laughs> and so her uncle goes in for surgery on his knee. 
And she, of course, is there to watch the museum. Now, she's friends with the dude in the coffee shop next door because her uncle owns the whole building. And so he gets, she gets free coffee be, as part of the rent, you know. So she's kind of friendly with this barista who's flamingly gay. And they kind of have a great rapport and everything. Well, they get a few tourists in that day and the tourists leave and she goes into the, one of the rooms and she sees that there's a hole in the wall. So she decides that she's going to tell the barista guy about it because maybe he knows how to fix it or what the hell happened. Basically, she just wants somebody to talk to. So she tells him about it. And he comes over, and they're trying to fix it and whatnot. If this were not a Martha book, this would be a setup to a Hallmark movie. <laughs> yeah, well, it's she definitely, just said he's gay. definitely not a oh, Hallmark movie. Oh, that's true. But that sounds like the beginning of a Hallmark movie. Long story short, they find out that the hole leads to a bunker of sorts. And inside the bunker is a dead guy. But... Okay. <laughs> and... <sighs> It just gets so much weirder from there, you guys. It is probably up there with some of the weirdest shit I've ever read. It was just strange. They end up finding the the doorway that leads out from the bunker. They get it open, and there's a world in there. Mm, Interesting. And it's filled with willow trees everywhere, and there are all these other bunkers sitting out there. So, of course, they have to go explore. And they find some weird fucking shit out there. Scary, scary stuff. I'm not even going to go into all the details because it's just way too weird for words. But suffice to say that it sort of starts to bleed over to the museum. And as a result of that, some of the taxidermy gets a little lively and it's scarier than shit i'm telling you if you ever had a a freak out about taxidermy this book will send you over the edge it was it was creepy as fuck but i loved it so much because i love the narrator's voice i said the same thing about the book beforehand that i read i i didn't really care for the scary bits of it i didn't think it was that scary but i really liked i love her style um, but it was strange. Jessica, you actually might like this book. I'm thinking I might. It kind of, uh, like different worlds things gives me a magician's vibe, you know, where they're it, in the place with all the... It definitely was not anything like I've ever read before. It was, it was not idealistic or fun or cool in any way. It was horrific. It was scary. It was terrifying. I don't know what else to say. It, other than if you're looking for a good horror novel, this was really an interesting choice. So it sort of falls outside the main horror a little bit because it's so weird. It kind of, I don't know, it, it didn't remind me of anything. It was, it was completely unique. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. It, so- it sounds interesting. It was, it was, like I said, it was terrifying. Um, but that was called, but that was called the hollow places 
by T. Kingfisher. I gave it four stars, but I would probably probably have bumped it up to four and a half if Goodreads would ever get their head out of their ass and add half stars. They really need to. Yeah, it just so pisses badly. me off. I might have given it five stars. I probably should just bump it. Hmm. I mean, four is pretty good. Mind. It was it was strange, guys. Even even for me, it was strange. But in a great way, it was much less strange, oddly enough, than the first book I read from this author, Hmm. which I guess I need to tell you what that is now, since I keep referencing it. The first book that I read from the author was called The Twisted Ones. It was just fucking strange. Good, but strange. This one was good and strange. (sighs) So if, if you like both of those and you need to have the shit scared out of you with some fucking taxidermy, get on this one. Taxidermy is pretty scary. Mm, yeah, it's true. Some people get really freaked out by it. Depends what it is. I mean, or some where of it, it is. Is, is tasteful, but there's just something about taking a dead animal, <laughs> stuffing it full of like sawdust or whatever they stuff it in and displaying it in your house. It's 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 a corpse. You're, you have a corpse on display in your house. So I have to tell you a funny story about things that are taxidermied. And uh, so, oh no. <laughs> so a friend of mine from college, not, not Rachel, not, not someone you all have ever met. Um, so she got married and I got, I was a bridesmaid in her wedding and she was getting married at the natural history museum in Cleveland. And I was like, Oh, that's got like a lot of space. Like this will be cool. Um, she got married in front of the taxidermied polar bears clawing each other's faces <laughs> off. Is she still married? Um, unfortunately, yes. Oh, we don't like the husband. <laughs> Not even a little bit. So you would like to be that polar bear? Yeah, I I, I took um my gay BFF as my date, and we walked in, and he was like tell me she's not getting married in front of the polar bears i was like i think she is <laughs> uh, and we oh, had the yeah, best that's time weird. that is yeah. very weird so if you look back at the pictures of the wedding we're all standing in front of like fighting taxidermy polar bears or like maybe they're fake polar bears i don't know but i, I doubt it yeah it if was, it's in the natural history museum it's probably accurate yeah it was terrifying or authentic <laughs> authentic yeah it was uh yeah. It was a little, it was a little bit scarring. We got a good laugh out of it. <laughs> that would be interesting. That's almost as weird as a LARPing wedding. Yeah, I would have felt less weird if it had been like the dinosaurs. Because then like, at least it was, I don't know. There's something about like polar bears mauling each other's faces off as my like wedding backdrop. Just, right. Eh. Now, a, a giant mammoth. That would yeah. that would have been a really cool Especially if you're backdrop. a paleontologist or yeah. something, you know, the mm-hmm. ancient bones would be kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, but the mammoths are just cool, just cool looking. They're so cool looking. It's like a furry elephant. How can you go wrong with a furry elephant? Yeah. Dueling a polar giant, bears. Not I don't so know. Now I'm now I'm just tempted to make up a freaky scary story about a furry elephant just to freak you know, out. Maybe you should be taking notes for your wedding. Like start scouting museums and Uh, (laughs) well robbie's getting married on halloween how do you how do you up that one one of my coworkers thought i was taking off for my wedding 
and he was very upset that he was honored by it. Oh, oh. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, wait. We got to come back around to Jessica's phobia. How do you talk about Colts in a funny way? I think it's funny that you're. We're all probably taller than Charles Manson. That is so true. He was very short, wasn't well, he? I don't know how tall is Charles Manson. Like four feet was. He's dead now, so he's not very tall at all. He's like what? He's like four feet he was, tall. Like he was only like tiny five foot thing. or five foot no, two. No, he was he was shorter than that, wasn't he? Let's just let's just ask Google. Somebody Google, Google that shit. Everything. We gotta find out how tall Charles, how Charles Manson tall was. How tall? You know what's something interesting? Five was he five two? Yep, five two. Oh dang it! I thought it was under. Okay, he's the same height as I am. That tells you, <laughs> he is the same height. I'm yeah. five two. Yeah. And hey, sweep your it. sweep your bangs aside a little and let me check for the swastika <laughs> tattoo there. I can't. <laughs> Nobody can see my four. Why do you think I always have to have bangs? <laughs> she actually has the Harry Potter lightning bolt. She's trying to hide that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. No, well, Charles and- Manson was my role model growing up. Oh god, he was very cool. So you should have started your own cult, Bonnie. I, well, then, I joined. Then- I joined the podcast thinking maybe something would come up of this. <laughs> That's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.